You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is part two of three and is entitled Seven Components to a Rich Prayer Life by Joe Kime. Then why pray? If he already knows, what good father wouldn't supply your need? before you ask for it. If I mean, if, if I already know that Jonathan needs whatever, a pair of shoes, a PlayStation, <laughs> okay now, needs want. <laughs> keep them on the... <laughs> you know what, no, thanks Andy. That is exactly our problem, most of the time. But he needs the PlayStation to keep him out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I can find other things that would keep him out of trouble <laughs> for your heavenly father already knows before you come to him exactly what you need now let's look at verse 33 because don't put the horse before the cart and it goes right along with that but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things shall be added unto you. You know what? This, I think, is probably what we struggle with the most. A lot of times we're more worried about the second part of the verse. And all these things shall be added unto you. It's those things that we want. It's those things that we pray about all the time when we do pray. Lord, supply me. Lord, give me. Lord. Is that what he wants us to do? What does he want us to do before we get to that point? Lord, I've wanted to be married for years and I'm still not married and I'm still single and God, I can't go on in life until you give me a partner. You know what you're doing? You know what I'm doing is we're putting our need before the righteousness of God. God says, seek you what? Second? First, His righteousness. That's what you and I are supposed to dwell on. Just dwell on God's kingdom and His righteousness. I know you need that, partner. But you don't worry about that part. Get your focus off of that. And you can do it. It takes some struggle and it, it's not easy. But it's possible Whatever that need is, you can get that focus off of that and just focus on God's righteousness and His kingdom and He will provide that need. I've seen it happen over and over. I really believe that. Matthew chapter 6. On your papers, I think, you have Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 through 13. 
Now this is the Lord's Prayer. It's not, God did not expect you to pray this prayer every time you pray. That's not what he meant. The disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They're just like us. Lord, we, give us the perfect prayer. How would you pray? How do you pray, Lord, when you go to prayer? And this is what Jesus gave them. He says in verse number 9, After this manner, therefore, pray you, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. Amen. Okay, that's the scripture that Jesus gave them. Now, I would like for you to tell me what are some purposes, what are some reasons that you see in the Lord's Prayer that you should pray. How should you pray? Give this glory give glory to God. What else? Acknowledging Him. Is. Acknowledge Him. Ask Him to come and take control over the world and your life. And okay, keep looking at the Scripture. Make sure you're pulling it out of the Scripture. This is the pattern that Jesus gave them. To give us our daily needs. To give us our daily needs. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. What about that forgiveness thing in there? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do first before we ask him to forgive us? Make sure it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So I guess it goes hand, hand in hand. But if we come to him asking him to forgive us and we've not forgiven our person, then probably he will not restore our fellowship until we have cleared our, our own pages off. We're actually asking him to forgive us as we forgive. Mm -hmm. That's how the prayer goes. Amen. I think it's very important too that we recognize the very last thing that comes out is that that we recognize the kingdom is His, all the power is His, and all the glory is His. And it's in there for a purpose, and I think it's important that we recognize that in our prayer. Hmm. That's good, Sam. I guess I always think of it this way: if you can't, if you can't recognize God as all kingdom, as all power, and all glory, uh, your prayers, you know, when I pray. Mm -hmm. Looking at that pattern, is there more God in there than myself, or is there is it about is it about balanced out? Half of it is for my own needs, half of it is for God. I read one time that whole prayer never once says I. Let's see, a, a little bit more is for God than, than about two-thirds for God and a third for mm -hmm. I think I think that's very true. Actually, there's there's very little in there for, well, it, ha, it starts in verse number 11. Give us this day. Forgive us, number 12. 
Number 13, lead us not into temptation. So those that, that middle is sort of sandwiched in between, but he starts out with all about God. He ends up with all about God again, doesn't he? And I would have to agree, and I think we're going to see even more, that most of the time we go in between the sandwich and, and hardly bring any of the first part of the pattern in and hardly any of the last part of the pattern. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, the first one I would like to do here is on your sheet, I'm going to, I need seven groups. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I need seven people. Okay, I'll take one. I studied this out, but I would like for Sam to take number one. It's your job, Sam, to go into the scriptures, whatever scripture you have, and study that scripture. I'm going to give you five minutes. Bob and Chris, I would like to have you go into number two. I don't have a page like you have. So whatever scripture you have, study that out, and, and we're going to ask you for the answer that goes on the line. Jonathan, three. Miriam and Levi, four. Andy, five. Esther, six. And I'll do seven. So if you would go and look at the scripture, give you five minutes, and figure out what's the, what's the component, what's the key word. Okay, are you, give you just a little bit more time here, but what we're looking for is the seven components of a rich prayer life. Did you get that? All of the verses that you're looking up have to do with one of the components. And if you could imagine gears, it takes seven gears to run this prayer life, this rich prayer life. If you are missing a gear or if one of the gears breaks down, what is it going to do to your prayer life? Yeah, it will affect the way the machine runs. The first one, Sam has. So, what is the first component to a rich prayer life? What is the first component? And, and, and what I want to do, Sam, is I want you to stand up and, and read that verse out loud so that everybody can hear it, and then we will guess what the first component to a rich prayer life is. Would you do that? If you would, just kind of mark your pages and and uh, put your fingers or something in there. When it comes your turn, we'll have you read that verse out loud because everybody needs to really hear. But the hour is coming and now is that when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, what would you say is the first component to a rich prayer life? Looking at Jesus' pattern prayer, and looking at this, what could be the first ingredient? But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers, 
shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Worship. Worship is your first answer. Sam, did you get that out of the scripture? Yeah. Okay. I put worship. I wasn't exactly sure the components, what, what we're exactly looking for. I thought that's what it was. Uh, I also put spiritual and truth down. Okay. A, I didn't know if it was uh, the way we're supposed to ask or is it what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But it's, they, what we're looking for is... Is a one-word answer, one word yeah. Answer. Is, which would be worship is what we're supposed to, we're supposed to focus. Yeah. In light of our prayer life, what is the second ingredient, Bob and Chris? Would you stand up or, and read the verse and then give us the ingredient or the component? I'll read my verse, but can I stay seated? You can. <laughs> you can, Chris. Okay. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And then the word we come up with was confession. Excellent. That's exactly the word I was looking at. Now, Let's just go ahead. If you you can write this down, you don't have to write it down. But if you want a rich prayer life, the first thing. Now I'm going off the pattern. I want to remind you again. I'm taking the pattern that Jesus gave us, and I'm finding that the first thing that He is really trying to say when He says "Our Father which art in heaven" is He starts out with worship. And worshiping is simply standing in awe. So the next time that you get down on your knees, before you get into all the things that you need, let's do it like God said. Let's worship Him. Almighty God, I stand in awe. Listen to this. A man was carried in a dream to a church. In his vision he saw... The organist vigorously playing the organ, but there was no sound coming from it. The choir got up in the congregation and they began to sing out, but there was no sound coming from these people. Then the minister, he got up and he energetically got into his message and he could see that in his vision or in his dream that this preacher was saying something, but he couldn't hear a sound coming from the preacher's lips. The man turned in wonder to his angel guide. And the angel said, you hear nothing, do you? Because there's nothing to hear. These people are not engaged in worship, but only in the form of worship. Their hearts are not touched, and this silence is the silence that is yet unbroken in the presence of God. But listen now. The angel guide said to the, the man. And listening, the man heard a child's voice, clear and distinct in all that silence. While the minister seemed to pray and the people seemed to join in, only the child's voice was heard because only the child's heart was touched. That, said the guide, is, on, is the only true worship in all this great church today. 
all others are concerned others are concerned with their appearance of worship worship is when you fall down before God and you realize that he is the greatest and you stand in awe and after you have done that it doesn't take five minutes to do that by the way thank you for listening to this podcast series Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.